You are now listening to the Derek's Mega Bowl Podcast. You were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. It's my quarterback. You play to win the game. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. With your host, Derek Hubbard, Eric Barsh, and Jake Smith. What's up, Mega Bowlers? Welcome to the Derek's Mega Bowl Podcast, a podcast for you, the Mega Bowlers, as we provide our non-expert advice and opinions. It's Monday, August 22nd at the time of this recording. I'm your host, Derek Hubbard. Alongside of me, as always, we have the man with the stash, Eric Barsh, and everybody's favorite lovable loser, Jake Smith. We asked you, the Mega Bowlers, for what you wanted this episode to be about, and you have chosen rookies that might help or might help you guys win this for this upcoming season. But before we dig into the rookie talk, let's say hi to the boys. Jake, Eric, how are you guys? Not bad. How are you doing? You sound a little stuffed up. Yeah, I, I spent a little too much time at our county fair over this past week, and I think I picked up a little cold. I hope that's all I picked up. You never know what you're going to pick up at some of these county fairs. So yeah, uh, Probably monkeypox. Yeah, monkeypox, crabs, who knows. <laughs> Eric, how are you? Well, monkeypox might be better than COVID anymore, so. Uh, that is true. That is very no, true. No, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I uh, had a good weekend. Our buddy got married, so that was a good day for that. But other than that, it was pretty pretty chill weekend. I did see uh, a few pictures on the old Facebook with you and your sexy mustache. Well, oh, I thought you were talking about my wife, but wow. yes, my mustache was also in that picture. <laughs> I got her nice and groomed up. So, God. all right. So, one thing we continue to try to promote in this uh, podcast uh, is bringing on some of our mega bowlers. And today we do have a special guest, someone that has been playing since the start of season one. This is a guy that I've known for a long time, uh, being that he's from my hometown of Fenimore, but I never really knew him until he joined the mega bowl. Since then, we've developed a fantasy football friendship, and I find him very intelligent when it comes to fantasy football knowledge. With that said, I'm happy to introduce Delvin Calvert. Delvin, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. How's it going? Hey, we're good. So, like I said, you know, I want to bring on as many people as I can just so we can get to know you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm an art teacher in uh, Milton, Wisconsin. I live in Monroe. Uh, my wife is also an art teacher. Um, I've been playing fantasy for about 10 or 11 years. Um, Obviously, I had to get into the Mega Bowl. I'm always looking for a new challenge. I've kind of run train on my hometown league for the last six years. Um, took home the ship four times in a second place. Um, so just crushing Ames's league. I know you had him on last week. Um, so it's just kind of like a new challenge for me. Right. Um, so you are an art teacher. So Eric and myself, our wives are both big into art. I don't know if you knew this. They're both graphic designers. Is that something kind of what you do or are you just strictly an art teacher um i'm pretty strict i mean i do some painting on the side but um i'm more passionate about teaching i guess um, i teach kindergarten to third grade so the little tykes uh, never a dull moment with them oh god <laughs> <laughs> so uh what made you want to do the mega bowl and what do you like most about it um i like that there's a huge quantity of people so that really ups the ante i mean, I mean bigger pots there's more competition um 
some of the people in the league are very knowledgeable, whereas some of my other leagues that I play in, you know, they're more like mediocre players. Um, so I feel like this really tests me a lot more than the other leagues I've participated in. Right. Yeah, this this league uh, definitely will test you. Um, I know you said you've been successful in your hometown league. Do you think if you win this league, this is just going to be the one like this will top all of your championships? Oh, definitely. That it's def- that many people. It's going on my resume. <laughs> hey, before we send you off, I, I'm coming I, I after him. No, you're coming after him. Hey, what oh, division yeah. are you in? I'm in the what is it? The new kids on the block. New kid. You're probably so. too even. You're probably too young to even know who they are. Uh, that's kind of on the cusp. Yeah, I know of them. I don't know a lot of their stuff. Um, I'm not that much younger than you. I think I'm what five years younger. Yeah, that that's still pretty young when it comes to boy bands. Hey, so before we send you off, I want you to give us one hot fantasy take for this upcoming season. All right. I've been thinking about I was going to say that Higgins was going to outperform Chase, uh, but Jake took that last week. Oh, it's um, just a fact. Now, just another it? crappy just... advice by someone making that statement. Basically fact now. <laughs> Not even a hot take. Stole my thunder. So I've been racking my brain all day. Um, I came up with, I think Cortland Sutton is going to be a wide receiver one. Um, I see his ADP is number 20 on sleeper for wide receivers. Um, I could see him easily jumping up a ton of spots. There are lots of guys in front of him that I don't like as much. Um, he's got Russell Wilson. We know that Russell Wilson has always been able to support um, usually two good wide receivers. Um, they're introducing Nathaniel Hackett to the offense, so I think they're going to air the ball out a lot more than uh, Vic Fangio did. Um, Fantasy Pros has their strength of schedule as the easiest for wide receivers. Um, yeah, I think he's just primed to have a huge season. Um, I saw that Metcalf and Lockett usually average about 130 targets a season, um, so I think that that's probably a good ballpark for him. We know he's a big play waiting to happen, big-bodied receiver. So. So my question for you, Devin, is um, for the ADP right now, uh, Sutton and Judy are pretty close, like right next to each other, like 2021. Um, so so who do you think is going to is going to outperform the other? Oh, definitely saying? Sutton. Sutton yeah, Ju- Judy hasn't proved anything yet. I think he's just going too high. I'd rather see a player that's gone out and proved himself. Sure. Fair. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you're either on Team Judy or you're on Team Sutton. You're not on both. Yeah, I was a big but, Sutton I mean, guy this coming is a, out of This college. is a hot debate right here, and I think it's going to be answered this year. I like your hot take right there. You know what? You've already get, you have joined our episode for five minutes, and you've provided more advice than Jake has in <laughs> three full episodes. I felt so bad for him listening to the Family Feud and all those games. <laughs> oh man, it was brutal. <laughs> Jake, uh, up for your new <laughs> listeners. You don't need to listen to episode two. It's there's nothing on it. Don't go back and listen to it. Yeah, the family food was a little rough on Jake, but <laughs> it made for a good listen. I thought it was a lot of fun. So, sure. Devin, best of luck to you this upcoming season. You're not in my division, so you know I can hope. Unless we meet in the playoffs, I wish you the best. Thank you for coming on, and uh, yeah, good luck, man. Thanks, guys. We'll see you in the playoffs. Thanks, Devin. We'll see ya. All right, before we dive into our rookie talk, I want to remind the listeners that we are one week away from our league draft. Next week, Tuesday, August 30th at 9 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 
make sure you are available. Make sure everything works before the start of our draft. Once the draft starts, I do want you to know I can't help you. It seems like each year we have roughly one to two guys that wait until the last minute and something isn't working properly for them. And then they are texting me, calling me, saying, Derek, I can't get in. Guess what? Once 9 p.m. hits, I'm in full draft mode trying to draft the best team for myself. So I cannot help you. Please do not be one of those guys. I so I, funny you should bring that up. I because I was one of those guys last year and it was on Flea Flicker. And I joined the draft like way early because I wanted to set my queue. Yeah. And it said that I was like it I couldn't do anything. It like locked me out of the draft. So my first two picks in your in your draft were auto picked because I had to like reboot my phone. Yeah. So well, A, we are not in Fleet Flicker anymore, so yeah. we have upgraded a sleeper. Hopefully, that's Just, not going to be It was funny issue. you bring that up, I, and I completely yes. forgot about it until right now. Yeah, so for everybody listening, please, please, please either do a mock draft, get in the draft room early. I think you can get into the room at least 30 minutes early, so please do so, and so we don't have these issues. Yeah, if I understand something happens, things come up where you might need an auto draft, but Let's try not to make that happen. Also, I have some exciting news to share with you guys. I'm going to just give you a, a little leak of this. Um, so Derek's Mega Bowl will have its own website for this upcoming season. You will be able to potentially view all of the divisions, the teams, their players that they have. You'll be able to see the weekly matchups that are happening across the league. The usual standings that we have that are in Excel spreadsheet, we will have up available on the website. Our podcasts will be available on our website. And also starting, uh, coming soon, us, meaning Eric, Jake, and I, are going to start writing some articles for you. Uh, Eric and I have also or have already written an article uh, that we'll have up on this website. So major changes happening to this league, exciting stuff. Once again, thank you, Patrick Donovan, for all your work. He is the man that is working on this website for us. So if you guys know Patrick, please reach out to him. Tell him thank you because he's just doing this on his own time. He wants nothing, no payment, anything. He just loves the league. He wants to ride this ship with us to the moon. So what do you guys think about this website? Pretty cool? I'm really excited for it. It's going to be my new homepage could be your new home page yeah let's just make sure we don't have a picture of your face on there well i figured it would probably be a lot of me i could get some old high school pictures um i could i could probably drop picture or something uh, some some videos yeah. all my all my original content <laughs> and then like a and then separate pages for you two boys are you ready to dive into some rookie talk you bet. I'm ready. Eric, are you All ready? Right. You sure? Yeah, I think I think I'm ready this time. All I right. Think, I don't think Eric really knows much about any rookies. No, Experiences no. some technical difficulties here. So. All right. One thing I know, and sometimes I forget about this, is that people that don't play in dynasty football leagues tend to know much about rookies. The reason I bring this up is because in dynasty leagues, you know a ton about rookies. You, you're. Super Bowl is really the rookie draft that upcome or happens every year. You usually know like the third or fourth string running backs, especially if they're rookies. But those that are redrafters really don't dig deep into rookies other than just the big names that are that are there 
early in drafts. So today we're going to try to provide some insight about a few rookies that might not be the most well-known players, but that could definitely help you succeed in this upcoming fantasy draft. With that said, Eric, Jake, you guys just experienced your first rookie draft. Uh, you guys just completed your first season of your dynasty league. Where do you guys think you are as far as rookie knowledge this year compared to last having your first off season, having to study rookies? I mean, do you feel like you guys know way more than you did before about rookies? Oh, for sure. I think I probably know more about rookies than I do about the the top end redraft guys, just because you're doing all your research in dynasty as for these rookies and rookie drafts and wondering who you want to get. So, right. Yeah. Dave, I've, Dave I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been looking at these rookies since February, I'd say. Yep. Uh, the, I, I guess when we did the dynasty, I didn't realize how, how, how important the draft, the NFL draft would mean to me. You know, normally you just have your own team. You know, I root for the Bears, so you'd, you would watch the Bears draft and like, oh, we got these guys. Well, here I'm watching, I'm watching each one of these college players become pros and what team they're going to and how that'll affect their, their fantasy stock. Right. Exactly. It makes it much more fun, too. So with that said, Eric, you want to kick us off with the first rookie running back that will help us win this year. I should go back and say this, Eric, Jake, and I will discuss one running back each one wide receiver each and one tight end each that will, that we feel will help us for this upcoming season. So Eric, you want to kick us off with the running back? Yeah. Yep. So I want to start off by saying when we made these picks, this doesn't mean this is who we would take at their ADP over all other guys. Um, We kind of just each picked a guy that we thought, we can make a case for. So my first running back is Damian Pierce. Um, he's been kind of Houston's best player so far this preseason and training camp. He's moved up the depth chart pretty fast. Um, he was the, the highest graded running back last year per PFF in college. And now he's coming into a backfield where he has to compete with Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack. He's 5'10", 218 pounds, so he's built basically like a a bell cow back. The only issue with him, or one of the big issues I should say with him, is he runs a 4'5", 9'40", so he's never going to blow anybody away with their speed. But he's playing on a Texans team. They're going to be playing from behind, yes, but I still think they're going to give him plenty of touches to see what they get. Um, Now, I'm not going to say he's going to be the second coming of Arian Foster or be a top 15 running back. But currently, he's going as running back 39 or 106 overall. Um, that's round eight, nine in our, you know, 12 team redraft leagues. So he's going to get all the high value touches for Houston. I think you can do a lot worse as your RB. You probably want him more as your RB three. But at worst case, if you took Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey with one or two overall, and then just wanted to stack wide receiver and tight end and grab him as your your RB2, I don't think it's the worst strategy, I should say. I agree. He's, his two competitors are Rex Burkhead, who has to be pushing 30. He's not going to be one that's going to take over a backfield. And the other one is Marlon Mack, who just can't stay healthy. So I think he's a great bet. Great. I, someone, I, I'm def- someone I'm definitely looking to get at the right price on my team. He, he's on my radar, too. but. I would say if 
if Pierce is your RB two, you're probably in rough trouble. Right. I, yeah. I, I just don't see him. I mean, last year running backs weren't t- like slaying the targets, the receiving targets, and this guy's not. He's not a receiving back. He's just a bowling ball. Uh, I don't think he's gonna make a big. I don't think he's gonna make a big splash on your fantasy team and push push your team. I don't think he'll be the X factor to get your team over the edge and get into the Mega Bowl playoff. If he's I mean, your RB two, I, I agree. But if he he's a good flex option, you know, if he's right. your third flex spot yeah. and he's going to be the starting running back. I think, I think my, he's, he's getting drafted around, what do you say, 106? I think there's uh, yeah. a lot better options at your flex spot. Than there might be, but I'm, 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 I'm talking about using him as, say you have McCaffrey, who's averaging 25 to 30 points a game, and then you have Damian Pierce. All you really need from an RB2 then is like 8 to 10 points, and you're, you're basically just trying, to, just trying to stay afloat with that RB2. And then in rounds you know, 2 through 7, you just – stacking wide receivers and tight ends and flexes so actually your flex is going to be better than damian pierce you're just using him you know just to eight to ten points like i said you'd be happy he's he's definitely on my radar i i mean i if he his name's up it cues up in in my draft i'm going to be thinking about it but yeah i just i'm i'm leery i'm he's not the kind of guy i want as my rb2 um yeah but i'd like yeah, I would love. He's going as RB RB thirty nine though. I mean, yeah, you're you're not asking him to be an RB two to make make good on that bet right there. So, but Jake, you must not be reading Twitter because I swear Damian Pierce is the second coming of Jonathan Taylor. Oh, he's definitely better uh, than James Cook. I can guarantee you that. I, I I'm not real big on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it, it's yeah, I don't I don't look at Twitter much. All my opinions are just just purely from my gut. Oh, God. Jake's, that, Jake's more that's of a TikToker. The All right, Jake, you want to give us a running back? Yeah. Um. For my uh, my pick at running back is Rachad White. <laughs> Rashad. <laughs> Rachad. Yeah. It's pretty clearly Rachad. It's like two names. Yeah, he was drafted by the. If you don't know who he is, he's drafted by the Bucks in the third round. He's currently battling for the number two spot with Kashawn Javon, uh, <laughs> right behind uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Leonard Fournette finished last season as the number six ranked running back. Um, so he's he's the backup running back for a really good running back on a team that uses their running back for passing. Um, White. In 11 games at Arizona State, he had 43 catches and almost 500 yards receiving. Uh, we we know how much Brady likes backs with hands, and this guy's got hands. Uh, Fournette gets hurt. He's injury prone. Uh, he gets hurt. He struggles down the stretch. I could see Rashad White being that guy that could put your team over the edge um, in the, and get you into the Mega Bowl playoffs uh i i'd say he's a must have handcuff if you draft Fournette. i agree where's he getting drafted at right now just curious uh, let me look it up i know it's I, pretty late it's late okay i was it's, gonna say i i think he i think it's he a lot a later handcuff. than it's a lot later than uh pierce right i just 
that Tampa Bay O-line, man, they're just getting destroyed right now. I mean, they have, what, three guys now out for the season? Or at least two out for the season, maybe, and then one that's going to be out for an extended amount of time. Hey, what, mean, a better, what a better way for a rookie right? running back to find his way on the field if he can, do, if he can help out in the blocking. He's going to be out there. He that's needs an injury. Though. That's that's the only issue I find is he needs an injury. If if Leonard Fournette stays healthy, Leonard Fournette has good hands, and Tom Brady loves him. And if, Let, if Tom Brady trusts him, that's what he wants. So Leonard Fournette gets hurt yep. the very next day. For yep. Chad White will be the hottest <laughs> fantasy pickup. Jesus. I think it's Rashad, but it yeah. could be Rashad well, we too. Call, I don't we know. We are going to forever in this podcast. We have to call him Rashad. <laughs> We have to call him or Chad. I'm pretty All sure right. it's his no. name, but. <laughs> but here's the name. problem. Listen to the beat writers. The problem with Rachad getting on the field is he can't block. And if you can't block, especially with your line being dismantled and, you know, Brady wants to get the ball out quick. If you can't block for Brady, you're, you're not going to be on the field. And I know yeah. a lot of that can block. So, but like you said, if he gets hurt, he's going to be going against Vaughn. Um, it's going to be him or Vaughn on the field, and Rashad White. Step Rashad White definitely has the higher ceiling, and I think, yeah, I think it's a great play. The fantasy pros must not be up, updated in the rankings because Rashad is going as RB fifty two, and Brian Robinson's behind him at running back fifty three. I would think that Brian Robinson needs to be up higher, but I would still think Rashad should be higher than that too. So, so sleep, sleeper has Rashad at um, ADP is one fifty one. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's bad. But like I said, my only thing would be I think he needs an injury. But if not, then if if he if he's getting on the field right away, then and he's a good uh, pass catching back, then yeah, he'll be gold for Tom Brady. Right. All right, guys. I'll give you guys my guy. Uh, Eric already alluded to him. Uh, I am going to speak about Brian Robinson, a guy that is definitely raising up. ADP, he's definitely raising up fantasy boards, especially after this past weekend. We're talking about a 6'2", 225-pound running back. He was a day-two pick, uh, round three draft pick by the Washington Commanders. I am going to really struggle talking, calling them the Commanders. I'm struggling to call them the football team. I still want to call them the Redskins, but the Commanders, yeah, that's... that's they screwed up that name, but they screwed yeah, they up a did. lot of things, so... Yeah, they do. So... Brian Robinson, a rookie out of Alabama. You know the type of running backs Alabama produces. They usually turn out to be studs. He ran a 4-5-3, 40-yard dash at the combine. He's a very physical runner, definitely between the tackles guy. He's not one that's going to break away speed, but he's going to get that extra type of yards. I compare him similar to a Chris Carson, you know, a guy that wants to pound the ball, make you pay for tackling him. His competition, Antonio Gibson, who come in out of, college was a wide receiver they converted him into a running back and they did re-sign jd mckissick a guy who temporarily signed with the buffalo bills they made him an offer that the uh, commanders made him an offer that they couldn't refuse so he came back some guy uh, definitely a guy they want uh, on the field as a third down back ron rivera the head coach for the commanders has said that brian robinson is going to be u- utilized early and often in games it sounds like he is going to be their first and second down option, especially right now. Antonio Gibson is in the doghouse. He led last year uh, in fumbles for non-quarterbacks. He led the league in fumbles. I believe he had seven fumbles, six or seven fumbles last year, and he had already fumbled in week one of the preseason. So, 
you know, Rivera's already put him on or Gibson on special teams, uh, which is Jeez. never a, a good sign. So the most recent game, Robinson, um, I should start by saying this. One thing I do look at uh, is the first who is out there with the first team offense, who is out there with the starting quarterback. And Brian Robinson's the one that started the game with Washington over the weekend. He had eight carries for 31 yards, where Gibson had two carries for three yards. Gibson did get some of the passing work, um, but also McKissick's going to get some of that work too. He's going to be a guy I think that will be utilized just by his size. He's going to be utilized in the goal line. Uh, I think he is going to be touchdown dependent. Uh, he's not one that's going to have a ton of catches. In 2021 with Alabama, he had 271 carries for 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. He did have 35 catches for 296 yards and two touchdowns. But like I said, they signed J.D. McKissick to be that third down passing down back and also Antonio Gibson who is a converted wide receiver. I think he's going to get some of that work too. Um, but whoever's been the starting running back for the commanders over the last three seasons have had at least seven touchdowns. So if he can get some of that work, if he, I mean, if he's going to be the primary ball carrier, especially at the goal line, you know, I, I think he can definitely tops that seven touchdown uh, number especially I, I would say Washington is going to be better than what they have been in the past offensively I guess that comes down to Carson Wentz uh, but I, I think Carson Wentz is better, better than Taylor Heineke maybe I don't know what you guys think but uh, right now Robinson's going as RB 55 like we said or Eric said he, I don't think Fantasy Pros has really updated that yet I'm guessing he's going to be probably in the RB four around RB 40 and PPR settings. He's not going to catch a lot of balls. You know, we talk about wider or running backs that don't catch a lot of balls. We'll say Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry doesn't catch a lot of balls, but he's going to catch maybe 25 to 30 a year. If Brian Robinson catches two balls this year. I think that's a huge win for him. So he literally is not going to catch any damn balls. Um, but what do you guys think about this at right now at RB 55, he's pick 150 overall. Do you guys think Brian Robinson's a good one to have in a PPR setting? Where do you guys think that he is? Is he a flex option? Is he a RB2 option? What do you guys I, think? I mean, he's obviously, by the time we draft next week, he's he's going to be up there. Um, but His ADP is going to be up there towards, like, Pierce. So I would compare him to Pierce. I would say that their values, to me, would be about the same which in turn I'd have about the same opinion. They're still the same kind of player uh, between the tackles kind of guy uh, to, for me, I, I like guys that are catching balls. Um, will he be, I, I, don't, I don't know. Right. And I think Pierce, if we're going to compare Pierce to Brian Robinson, I would take Pierce in just the sense that, like I told you, JD is going to be on the field. Antonio Gibson's probably going to be on the field. One of those two running backs are going to be on the field when they need to pass. And I don't think Washington's going to be a great team. They're probably going to have to play from behind, which means they're going to be doing hurry up offense. They're going to have their passing down back. Will Gibson or will Robinson have the potential of more rushing touchdowns than Damian Pierce? Yes. But if we're going to rely on touchdowns versus catches or running back that's going to have more opportunity to, with the passing work i'm probably going to lean towards the running back with more passing work 
Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if you if you get him, uh, you know, a sleeper has him at his ADP is at 186. If you get him there, that's a that's a hell of a value. That's really right. good. Yeah, absolutely. Take him. I just by the time we draft, he, he's gonna skyrocket up the board. Yeah, I just think him not getting any passing down work is what kills him. He might get, he might steal four or five touchdowns this year from from Gibson, but I think they're just punishing Gibson right now for his fumble and saying, you know, wake up, season's about to start, get this out of your system. So I think I think Gibson's probably still going to be on the stronger side of a platoon if it's 60-40 or whatever it is, but all the passing down works going to McKissick and Gibson. So I don't know about you guys, but when I watch Gibson, I just don't see it. And maybe that's just me and maybe that's just me being a Dallas Cowboys fan and trying to be blind to the fact that Washington might actually have a good player. But I just don't see Antonio Gibson as an elite or a, just a good running back. He's a talented player, but he also can't stay on the field. He always seems to be injured. And Brian Robinson, yep. with his size, his stature, he doesn't have a lot of miles under his belt either. That and the I've way never it, really been on the Gibson train, so I can I'm with you on that. I don't think he what looks it looked, like one of them studs out there. What it looks like to me is they built more of uh, complementary uh, backs. So neither of them are going to have much value this year. Right. Exactly. All right. Let's dive into our wide receivers. Eric, you want to give us your first or the first rookie wide receiver that you feel will help us win this upcoming season? Yeah. Um, I'm going with Chris Olave and I'm going to be higher on him than most. Um, you mentioned us being in a dynasty league and I did make a trade and got Chris Olave. He is in a pass happy offense and let's start out with his competition. He has, he's got a 29 year old Jarvis Landry who hasn't had a thousand yard seasons since 2019. And plus he plays a slot role and he's got Michael Thomas who also plays more of a, you know, slants and hitches, nothing real downfield. And he's coming off of a, basically a year and a half of not playing any football. I think um, it's 671 days since the last time we've seen Michael Thomas on the field. Yeah. <laughs> and to be, I, I don't make too much fun of him because I'm still, I'm a Michael, Michael Thomas 671 days. That is a long time, which is probably why he's dealing with a hamstring injury right now. Right. But. So now his quarterback, Jameis Winston, who did return to practice this week. So if anyone's scared of an injury, he's back play doing 11 on 11 with the team. His last year. So this is his second year in New Orleans and his last year in Tampa. So two years ago, he threw for 5,100 yards and he loves to throw it downfield. He had Mike Evans there, which Mike Evans actually caught who's having great seasons right now with Tom Brady actually caught more touchdowns from Jameis Winston in the last two years that he was there than he has with Brady. So I guess my point is, what's that? That's saying something for Jameis. So my point is Olave is an outside guy. He, they rave about his route running. He's got great speed. He's 96 percentile at Ohio state in separation against single man coverage. And he also caught seven touchdowns of 20 plus yards. Um, and that's with Garrett Wilson, a stud rookie, and Jackson Smith Najigba, which I'd love to see Jake say that name, and which will pro- who will probably be the top receiver off the board next year. And Jameis last year with New Orleans before he got hurt was fourth in average depth of target down uh, last season. So 
he's going to be taking shots and it's going to be no Olave. And if Michael Thomas misses any time, I could see Olave being a top 20 wide receiver. But if you, if Michael Thomas is playing, Olave is probably going to be more of a boomer bust wide receiver, but I still, I like him at wide receiver 47, about the same time you're drafting Damian Pierce in the round eight, nine, you can get Chris Olave as a wide receiver as a flex. And I love that value. So. Yeah. I, I, in my dynasty league, I took, I could have took Olave. I took Christian Watson and it's not even week one and I'm already regretting it. I, I see Olave putting up numbers, even if Michael Thomas plays. I don't see – I'm not big on Michael Thomas. I know you are, but he hasn't played in two years. Right. For a guy who needs – who is relying on his his legs and his speed, I I just don't see him coming back and being the the factor he was before. I, I love Olave. I Like you guys, we you know, I hate bringing up Dynasty and a Mega Bowl where it's a redraft, but – I try to get as much Olave as I can in all of my dynasty leagues, and he's just a smooth route runner. He's a good player. He's just a football player. He's got speed. He's got hands. Like I said, very good route running. I think he's going to fit this offense perfect, and he's the type of receiver they need outside of Landry and Thomas. When you have Kamara, too, that defense they're going to focus on, assuming Kamara's not suspended for X amount of games. I love Olave this year, and I'm he's one wide receiver. If I'm, you know, either heavy on running backs or heavy on wide receivers, he's one wide receiver that I'm willing to pay up versus his ADP because I, I do think that he has the potential to be the top rookie wide receiver this year. Yep. I need to correct myself, too, because I know I'll get called out by, by someone out there. But so Mike Evans actually caught more touchdowns from Brady but he had more targets, catches, and yards from Winston in those two years. So we need to cut so you, that. So you're already filling us with fake news? Basically. Here we go. Just trying to All keep right. you on your toes. Obviously, you didn't do your research, Jake. Justin Fields <laughs> Jake, threw for 300 million yards last year. Jake, you want to give us a rookie wide receiver that's going to help us for this upcoming season? Yep. Uh, rookie wide receiver. Jamison Williams. Lions drafted Jamison Williams number 12 overall, even though he tore his ACL in the college national football game championship. Um, once he's recovered from his injury, he'll only be competing with Amon Ra, St. Brown, and DJ Shark for targets from Jared Goff. I, I'm not real big on St. Brown and or DJ Shark. I, I think there's a lot of room for targets once he comes back um he, he's not going to be 100 percent recovered from his injury it could be until november some say he's only going to miss week one i i would i would be leery and say he's not going to be up to speed until mid-november uh, but but with his adp sitting at 154 right now he could be a guy you could stash on your bench and once you're fed up with Jamar Chase only getting one or two targets a game, you can slide him right in there. He's going to win you your your division, take you right into the playoffs. I love it. I think uh, I think his playing time all depends on how the Lions are doing. If the Lions are sucking all year and it's I think he's going to be back earlier than mid November, but they might only, I'm just they, they, they being, might only play him fifty percent of the snaps all year just to. You know, get used to the speed of the game, play a little bit, 
but get him fully healthy for that next year. But it all depends sure. to me on how the Lions are doing. But Jameson I love, I love Williams, I think, has the highest ceiling out of any rookie wide receiver drafted this year. That's, I mean, Drake London is was the number one first wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft this year. He's probably going as the first wide receiver picked in all redrafts. You know, you got Traylon Burks, who is a, a big one, Garrett Wilson, a lot, a lot, a lot. But anyways, Jamison Williams, this guy's a stud. He is fast. He just, is he Tyreek Hill? I, I hate comparing people to Tyreek Hill, but I think he could be better than Tyreek Hill. I really do. If, you, if he can get a good quarterback, I don't think Jared Goff's the one that's going to make him Tyreek Hill-esque. But if they can draft a good quarterback down the road, I think Jamison Williams is going to be a top five wide receiver. I think Jamison Williams is a better like route runner, because Ty- right. well then Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is like a little mouse underneath or running deep, whatever it is. Jamison Williams has that straight line speed that just kills you deep down in the, f- the middle of the field. Right. All right, I'm gonna bring up my wide receiver, and I'm gonna talk about Sky Moore, maybe the next Tyreek Hill in that offense. Sky Moore was a round two pick by the Kansas City Chief. He played Chiefs. He played at Western Michigan, where he transferred or transitioned into a wide receiver after playing quarterback and cornerback in high school. He's 5'10, 195 pounds. He ran a 4'41 40-yard dash, which isn't that fast uh, and for wide receivers these days. His first year as a wide receiver with Western Michigan, he led the team with 51 catches and 802 yards as a freshman. More than exploded last year where he had 95 catches, almost 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns. He ranked ninth in the country in catches, 14th in receiving yards. His 91.8 PFF receiving grade ranked third in the country, only behind Ohio State's Jackson Smith-Najigaba, who will probably be the top wide receiver taken this year. And also USC's Drake London, who I just mentioned was the top wide receiver taken this year. The Chiefs this year, they traded Tyreek Hill to Miami, which is kind of old news. Everybody knows, but Hill garnered a career high 9.4 targets per game last year. So those targets are going to be up for grab. The Chiefs also lost wide receivers Byron Pringle and also Demarcus Robinson this offseason. Those two combined for 15% of the Chiefs targets. So there is so much opportunity available for the for a wide receiver to step in. Prior to drafting more, Kansas City signed wide receivers Juju Smith-Schuster and also MBS. Uh, Ty- Travis Kelsey is also returning. Michael Hardman, the guy that never has been or never will be, is returning. Moore is a good-looking prospect. He checks all the boxes for college production, tape, measurables. He landed in an ideal uh, spot with the Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes. He's looking to replace Tyreek Hill's snap in production. We'll see how the playing time shakes out between Moore, Juju, MBS, Michael Hardman. But Moore certainly definitely has a chance to play a big role in this offense early and throughout the season. Um, his ADP is wide receiver 57 and 128th overall. As a later on draft pick in a high volume offense, Sky has the ability to lead the Chiefs explosive offense outside of Travis Kelsey. And as someone you should be looking at all drafts, definitely somebody I'm looking uh, and to, re- to get in drafts. Anybody that is married to Patrick Mahomes, he, is somebody I'm looking to get. I know Mahomes talks about spreading the ball around quite a bit this year. We did see Justin Watson the past weekend uh, have 
have a big start. I think he might have had, did he have two touchdowns? Uh, yeah. In the, in the preseason game. So there's a lot of options, but Sky Moore, let me, I've, I've been paying attention to him a lot on Twitter, listening to the beat writers. They've been raving about Sky Moore, his route or his route running ability. He does have speed, even though 441 doesn't seem that fast. He's just football fast. Uh, and he's been, he can leap. He's been making tremendous catches. So Sky Moore is somebody that I'm willing to attach myself to. I'm willing to definitely draft him higher than his ADP of wide receiver 57. You guys like Sky Moore? What are you guys' thoughts on him? Yeah, I like him. Um, if you watch his tape, though, he just he doesn't seem like he's much like of a burner, you know. He, I mean, at that four four speed, you think he'd outrun guys a lot, but even at that the college level he was at, which wasn't one of the big five conferences, he was like barely outrunning guys, and it was pretty close. But yeah, he's got great scores. Um, his athleticism is off the off the hook there, and you see. I watch a lot of Bleacher Report, and I see a lot of stuff of him uh, catching screen passes from Mahomes, and they're trying to get him the ball in any way that they can. So if Andy Reid's trying to scheme up for you, then you got my blessing. And one thing I think people need to stop doing is comparing him to Tyreek Hill because he's not the Tyreek Hill burner. He's not the one that's going to stretch the field. But he right. is a guy that you know can work the middle, the outside of the field, and have high volume, which is something I think they need, where Tyreek Hill – you know, he, he could have these huge games because he's having 60, 70 yard touchdowns, but then he could have these games where he's having two catches for 30 yards because defenses aren't letting him get over top. So I, I really do like Sky Moore to be a consistent wide receiver in this offense. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's a good fit for that system. I think he's a good fit for a system. I think he's going to be a good player. I just don't think he's going to be worthy of a rot a fantasy roster spot this season um he's got a lot of competition and he comes from lesser competition what he played for eastern michigan right western western michigan one of the michigan complete opposite side of the state not 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 even michigan but one of the other ones i i just i i don't know i I think he'll. I think he's going to take a a year to really develop and become a good player. I, I don't see him having great fantasy value this upcoming season. No, I I agree. I think he's he's going to be one that's going to be available on the waiver wires early because I think they're going to use the veterans early and often. Oh, but I do think we start. You know, injuries are going to happen. He's going to start getting on the field a little bit more. And I do think he's won, you know, potentially, you know, weeks eight, nine, or even towards the playoffs. He could be a starting wide receiver for the Chiefs. And if that's the case, if he's a starting wide receiver and he's attached to Patrick Mahomes, he's someone that you're going to want on your team. But can you draft him and hold on to him during the beginning of the season in hopes that he's he becomes that player? That's he's the, the guy who is going to be very frustrating to own because he's going to have a week or two where he's just going to go off. He's going to have, he might have a, a, an 11 catch game or something and just have a couple touchdowns and then you'll start him the next week and it'll be Juju and MVS that have great games and then he'll be worthless. So he, that's the only thing that scares me about him is the boomer bust potential there. Cause they have so many guys that aren't complete studs, but somebody could help. 
All right, let's talk about our tight ends. Eric, you want to kick us off with the tight end that we feel could help us with this upcoming season? Yeah, so, man, this this guy's a reach. I'm just going to start out by that. Daniel Bellinger for the Giants. He is currently number one tight end in New York right now. He's impressing a lot in training camp and in preseason. He's basically a free player in your draft. He's competing with Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay, a hurt Sterling Shepard who's coming off an Achilles tear, and a rookie Wandale Robinson for targets. Brian Dable being the new coach in town, he's he's going to want to get the ball to Saquon as much as he can, but he can't just give it to him every single time because he's probably going to get hurt by week two anyway. But Brian Dable last year had Dawson Knox, who was a pretty similar comparison for Daniel Bellinger, and he was tight end nine last year. Um, he loves to use those athletic touchdowns or <laughs> athletic tight ends. And I could see him scoring six to seven touchdowns, basically. Now, he's going undrafted, like I said, at tight end 37. So if you wanted to go running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, basically your whole draft, and then just wait and grab whatever tight end at the end, I, I mean, I, th- I think you can do a lot worse at, at, than Daniel Bellinger. And he's the number one in New York, which they're going to be trailing a lot. They play Philadelphia twice, Dallas twice, Washington twice. I find it hard to believe that they're going to win any of those games. So plus, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be playing from behind a lot. So I think they're going to have to pass it and he's going to be in there. I think with any of these guys we're going to talk about as far as tight ends, we should start by saying we're probably not going to draft any of these guys. These are guys just to watch on the waiver wire. uh, Especially if you don't have one of the top three to five tight ends, just watch monitor how they are doing because it's hard for it's very rare that a rookie tight end actually does anything for the upcoming for their first season. It's yeah. usually year two or three, especially year three, that the the tight ends start to break out. But yeah, I would say tight ends probably the position that needs to be has the most development of any position yep. in, in the NFL. Right. So just know that when we when we are talking discussing these tight ends, they're probably not guys that we're gonna draft, but we do want you to get, want you to keep them on their on your radar. Bellinger at least is is the starting tight end so far too. Right. So that's a good one. I I picked him up in my dynasty league in the fourth round. I didn't have any clue who he was. I just was grabbing a guy, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I'm pretty happy with it. At least you're honest. Yeah. He's a, he's a talented guy that might have a lot of work. So definitely one to keep your eye on. Jake, you have a tight end for us. Yes, my tight end, Fergie Ferg. Fergie Jake Ferg. Ferguson. Hey, yeah. I know, I know Derek's going to like this one. Uh, Cowboys drafted uh, Jake Ferguson 129th overall. So it would be about, what was it, fourth round? Yep. Uh, looks like he will be the clear number two behind Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz finished last season as the number three fantasy tight end. So it's pretty clear that Dak and the Cowboys like their tight ends. With Schultz in his final year of his contract, I could see the Cowboys shifting to their fourth-round pick, Ferguson, long-term if Schultz struggles or misses any time because of injury. Uh, My reasoning for this is Jake has superior run-blocking skills to go along with very sure hands and good uh, uh, route running. What do you guys think of Fergie Ferg? 
So I'll I'll jump in being the Cowboys fan. Yeah. Uh, I I pay attention a lot to what they're going to do this upcoming season. You know, they lost Amari Cooper. They lost Cedric Wilson. Mac, Michael Gallup, you know, recovering from injury. So what the beat reporters are talking about is they really want to go to this run-heavy approach, these two tight end sets, and Jake Ferguson is going to be on the field a lot. And what I do like about Jake Ferguson is he can catch the ball. He can run block, but he can definitely catch the ball. And I think it's been displayed uh, the first two preseason games. It's been displayed all camp. I've been seeing a lot of him and Dak connecting in the red zone. I love Jake Ferguson. I I know we're talking about this upcoming season, but future, I hope they don't sign Dalton Schultz and they just make Jake Ferguson the guy. And, you know, if Dalton Schultz does get injured this year, Jake Ferguson's going to be peppered with the ball. He's going to see a lot of targets because other than CeeDee Lamb, there's no one else on this offense receiving-wise that has proven anything. We keep hearing about Jalen Tolbert, James Washington, got hurt but yeah i love jake ferguson yeah that's a great it's a great pick i mean by great pick i mean you're not picking him in your draft because nobody's ever going to draft a backup tight end (laughs) but if dalton does get hurt jake ferguson has a case for a top 10 tight end right out of the gate but is he the one from wisconsin that's got like eight fingers he's missing two or is that fumagalli uh, no, this is Barry Alvarez's grandson. Right, but he was <laughs> is he missing that's fingers? not the question I asked. But one of them was missing some fingers. I didn't know if that was... Uh... No, I think he's got extra fingers. Oh, okay. Well, then I got a bad read on him. Then I don't missing know why he's toe. not playing over Dalton Schultz. Yeah. they're. I mean, Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson, they're basically the same player. You know that? Right. Yeah, they really are. But that's the big thing. He's a good blocker. He's going to be on the field because, like you said, they want to run the ball. But he could. He's someone to keep an eye on in your waivers. Definitely. Especially if Dalton Schultz were to get injured. He's going to be a top waiver pickup that following week. Yep. All right. So I'm going to bring up my tight end. We picked our our players that we were going to discuss uh, on Saturday, early Saturday. So it's going to seem like I'm talking about a tight end. I'm jumping on the bandwagon of this tight end because he did just blow up last night in his preseason game. But I'm going to discuss Isaiah Likely. Oh, Isaiah geez. Likely, yep, he's another Twitter darling. Hop on the train. Yep, hop on the train. So Isaiah Likely was selected by the Baltimore Ravens pick 139 he's a tight end from coastal carolina 6'4 245 pounds in 2021 he had 59 receptions for 912 yards and 12 touchdowns he has a total of 27 touchdowns since 2018 which is more than any tight end in college football over that span Uh, five of those touchdowns were over 50 yards so he has the speed he has the ability to stretch the field he's more of a wide receiver than a tight end um He's going to have to improve on his blocking skills. We know Baltimore wants to run the ball. So if he's going to want to be on the field consistently, he's going to have to improve on those blocking skills. So talking about yesterday's game, he exploded yesterday where he caught all eight of his targets for 100 yards and a touchdown. And that was in the first half. He didn't even play a full two quarters. 
and he put up those numbers. I was listening to the an interview last week where Lamar Jackson was talking with a few guys on NFL radio, and he was saying that Isaiah likely has Hall of Fame type talent and expects him to be on the field often during the games. He wants he wants the two tight end sets because he just thinks both Andrews and likely are absolute studs. And he, he was just raving about likely Ravens have stated that they want to use more, uh, get back to running the ball more using two tight end sets, get back to the roots. Like I said, run the ball. Mark Andrews is definitely the clear cut tight end one. I think he's ranked as the second tight end, uh, in fantasy football this year, but likely will be on the field. I think early and often someone definitely to keep an eye on, an eye on on the waiver wire, especially if anything were to happen to Mark Andrews, I think likely will become a tight end. He'll be a tight end one, not the number one overall tight end, but he will be up in that top five and a must start for fantasy teams. His ADP for tight ends is tight end 50, which is not really draftable in a 12 team league. I'm not saying to draft him. Like I said earlier, these tight ends we're talking about are probably not going to be draft someone you guys draft, but if anything happens to Mark Andrews, definitely keep your eye on him. Uh, he'll be an excellent waiver wire pickup. Someone I really think could lead or could really help your team get to a championship. Now, like I said, he's been a way or a Twitter darling. I hate jumping on the bandwagon, but guys, I, what do you guys I, think I, of this guy? I don't know. It'd be to have two top 10 tight ends on a team. I guess the the only team I could really see doing it would be the Ravens. They don't have a lot of other receivers, so why not throw them both out there? Right. And like I said, I don't expect him to do much unless there is an injury, but he's definitely somebody that you guys should mark down as, hey, if something happens to Mark Andrews, you better submit a waiver pickup right away for him because he will be a top tight end. Yeah, he passes the eye test. If anybody saw that game last night, I don't care that he's the backup tight end. He might be a top, I don't know, 20 tight end. If you look at him, is I mean, I could see him doing just as good as Noah Fant. He's tight end 18 with a crappy quarterback. Oof, I, yeah. The, the Ravens have to put him on the, on the field, don't they? they? Who they got? They got Bateman and Andrews. Anybody else? He, I mean, yeah, he, might he, be their, he might be their best third option. Right. I mean, you're looking at James Prochet, Devin Duvernay. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. And, and I think putting him as tight end matched up against the linebacker, I think the Ravens are a smart team. They're going to use their matchups like that. And I think putting him against tight ends, that's the best that that's. He is the one guy that I think with an injury could be a top five tight end. Right. I agree. So my question, and I know why I didn't pick him because I wanted to give the ex-Badger a plug. How come you guys, neither of you picked Trey McBride? I think he's been so, hurt like, for the past month. Right. And I think with he that did, offense, yeah. there is going to be a lot of... Once Hopkins comes back, you have Hollywood Brown. It would take Ertz getting hurt. Trey, right. I mean, Trey McBride was the top tight end coming into the season. Yes. I, I think McBride has a bright future, but... I think with that offense, there's just so many mouths to feed. I th- they've talked about they want to get Rondell Moore the ball often. I mean, so. if, if, yeah, if if you're talking a five-year plan, then yeah, Trey McBride I think is is better. I mean, I don't know Isaiah Likely. He might be he might be really really good. But I, either I, way, yeah, Trey. I just think Trey we're, we're talking about rookie tight there, ends. And I figured I'd ask why you guys didn't bring him up. 
Well, because Zach Ertz is the number one, and I mean Max Williams is coming off of an ACL injury, but yep. he's apparently their number two. But Zach Ertz is is beat up right now. They said so he hasn't been practicing. So if that were the case, then McBride could be something. He's right. another one. Right, and there's so many there's so many rookies that we each just talked about one. There are so many rookies out there, you know, for running backs. Brees Hall is going to be your top running back, your rookie running back. You got Kenneth Walker, uh, James Cook, who Jake absolutely, that's Jake's boy. There, wide receivers, you got Drake London, there's Traylon Burks, there's, oh God, Garrett Wilson, Romeo Dubs, who all Packer Nation thinks is the next coming of Devontae Adams. There's so many guys out there. We just wanted to talk about a few guys that aren't typically the first thought of running back wide receiver or tight ends uh, that are going off the boards, but just know that there's plenty of rookies out there that, and there's rookies that we haven't even discussed or even thought about that will come out of nowhere. It happens every year. So yep. just pay attention, just pay attention, do your homework, pay attention to the waiver wires, pay attention to injuries because rookies do rookies, not necessarily right away, but they will come they will be important midway to the end of our, our mega bowl season. So, yeah. And it's just so hard to predict what's going to happen in the season based off of these preseason games. Cause these don't tell you a damn thing. Right. I agree. All right. You guys want to dig into the mailbag questions? Yeah, absolutely. All right. First question that was submitted. Speaking of rookies, who wins the offensive rookie of the year? I'll, I'll, go first. I'll, go, I'll go first. Um, this this guy is a guy I didn't want to bring up because everyone knows who he is. Um, he He's going to be, I mean, the playoffs, the Mega Bowl playoff is going to be filled with people who drafted him and he's in their RB2 spot. And that's James Cook. Uh, <laughs> he's, Jesus, I knew you were going to say him. He's the, he's a, the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and get him. Um, I might reach. I will reach. I think he's that good. I think he's going to get that much production. I, I've already talked to him in the past. He's in a good, he's in a very good uh, team for his abilities, which is he catches the ball. Uh, he's a receiving running back. He's going to get a ton of targets this year. James Cook. Rookie of the year. If you're listening to this podcast and you're in Jake's division, you better reach for James Cook in the fifth round if you want him, or you're not getting him. <laughs> Eric, who's your rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year? Well, I think it has to be Kenny Pickett. If he, I know this is all based on if he's <laughs> starting, but how it's so easy to win an MV, basically basically an MVP as a quarterback. I just if he's if Kenny Pickett is a starter week one, they're probably not going to pull him all year, and I think he's going to put up or offensive rookie of the year numbers. He's got so many weapons on that offense to throw to Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I mean, Fryermuth. It's just I just. I, Drake London's beat up right now. Chris Olave. I mean, everybody, everybody's got questions. I mean, they're all rookies, but I just think of he's, he's going to be the only rookie quarterback starting most likely. And it's just going to be hard to beat out a quarterback. Well, he's not going to be starting. Mitch Trubisky's starting. 
Maybe. I thought this was the easiest question out of three mailbag questions. It's Vilas Jones, right? <laughs> the Bears rookie I mean, wide receiver? Uh, I mean, he's he's a return guy. He's going to be returning a lot of kicks and punts, which he's very good at. If he's he has already, a Devin Hester season. Yeah, I mean, he's already 35 years old. He's well matured. <laughs> yeah, he's an, old, he's an old guy. He's ready. <laughs> well, I was going to say there were two guys I was going to say, and I, I, I was going to say Kenny Pickett just because it's the obvious. If he starts, if he gets the initial start, he's loaded with weapons and he's a quarterback. I think that's that's, that's the number that's one. That's hard to beat. That's hard to beat. But His I'll go with another Bruce obvious Hall. one. Brees Hall. Uh, Brees Hall, he's very talented running back. He can you know, run the ball. He can, he's got breakaway speed. He can catch the ball. I don't really care about his offense. Um, his offensive line is starting to break down. Zach Wilson, who is the goat of all goats, the mother lover. Love the guy, but he hasn't shown anything yet, and he's also injured. So they're going to rely on Joe Flacco or Mike White, and that is scary, but the dude's talented. I think he's going to get a lot of work. Yes, Michael Carter is still in the backfield, but I don't know. I think he's probably the most talented player as far as running backs that came out of the draft, and I could see him easily having over 1,200 yards, close to 50 catches, and I, I think I think that could win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not going to take but, a lot. It's yeah, not take I, a lot. I, I just this year compared to previous years, I don't think it's going to take that much to win offensive rookie of the year. So I just a dark really horse, like Isaiah Harvey. Pacheco. Oh God, shot plus oh, yeah. four thousand. Is it really? Yeah. Compared to Brees Hall's plus nine hundred, Kenny Pickett's plus seven hundred. I'll take plus four thousand in hopes that Ceh only plays a quarter of the games this year and he's the lead and Isaiah Pacheco is the lead back well if that's the case and he actually becomes offensive rookie of the year my dynasty teams are going to look amazing because he's a guy that I've you got a lot of drafts yes in fifth round of rookie drafts he's a guy that I just took a dart or a, a dart throw on and man that paid off so all right question number two do you take Deshaun Watson so no one else picks him up or wait to get him off waivers if needed now, Deshaun Watson suspended 11 games, which means he wouldn't return until week, the first week of the playoffs. What do you guys do? So you leave the him. deal with it. Um, the play, yeah, the, when do the playoffs start? The 12th? They start week, week 12. So, that's so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, because you're, no one's going to have them for the whole regular season. And then right, everyone so you, so, have them. The, the playoff team could have playoffs. Them, so it does matter. So can you pick up a guy off of waivers during the playoffs if you're in the playoffs? That's actually a yes. great question. So if you are a playoff team, if you are still in the playoffs, you can add and drop players. But if you are out of the playoffs, you are not able to add or drop any players. So I so, yeah, so this brings everyone up a good can point. Have them. Right. Anyone can have them. Or, like, let's say it's week 10 and I'm sitting there one and nine, and I just want to pick up Deshaun Watson so whoever's in the playoffs can't have him. I could be that dick, too. So don't be I, a douche. I, yes, yeah. don't be, yeah. don't be a Derek Hubbard right there. I personally, <laughs> if I'm 
let's say I don't have Josh Allen or I don't have Patrick Mahomes, any of the top tiered quarterbacks. If I am, let's say eight and two going in or eight and one or seven and two going into week 10 and Deshaun Watson is still out there. I'm considering just picking him up and holding on to him going into the playoffs, knowing I'm probably going to make the playoffs because I, a, I don't want somebody in my other or someone in my division picking him up. He potentially could be a good play. He hasn't played in what two years. That's the scary part. And he did. He looked awful week one of the preseason, but he's still Deshaun Watson. He's. I do not think that you want to rely on him at your quarterback spot in his first couple games back from two years off. People in the stands are going to be screaming and yelling at him. His team's not very good. I just, I don't want anything to do with him this year. Uh, Right. Yeah. I I also feel like if you make the playoffs, you probably already have a good quarterback. So you're not desperate to need Deshaun Watson. I think it, it would take a buy and there's going to be buys in the playoffs. So pay that's true. That. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's coming back week 12 against his former team, the Texans. So he's going to have a little bit to prove and who knows? I mean, he's Deshaun. You Watson. could talk me into it. I, yeah. Just pay attention to your buys. If, if you're a team that has injuries or your starting quarterback got injured and you're limping into the playoffs with someone like Tua or, Justin Fields, then I would definitely look at the Deshaun Watson app. Well, and another way to look at it too is if you do make the playoffs and you want to pick him up because you see another person that's in the playoffs might have some crap quarterback and they limped in with them or they just got hurt, pick up Watson and keep him because he's a guy that could go off for 40 points against you. Right. Exactly. So you got to think of that strategy too. But all right. Third and final question. This is actually a fun question. Who is the guy that has burned you multiple times? Someone that you waited either on a breakout year or someone that has screwed you for a second time that you had picked up thinking, oh, this is going to be the year. wasn't the year. You do it again the following year. It wasn't the year. Who is that guy for you? Me, Jake. Okay, I'll go. So yeah, go ahead. I don't have anyone off the top of my mind. Usually when I get burned by a guy, I never usually go back to him. But – my, I do have a guy that's recently that I've had, and that's Michael Thomas, the guy we brought up a lot. I drafted him in the seventh round of my redraft league last year because it's a one round, because you get to keep him that next year. Um, I expected that he was going to play last year, and I was fooled on that. Now I'm hoping he I, – now I really think he's going to play this year, and hopefully I don't get screwed on that. But I also traded for him in Dynasty, and I gave up two dirt balls and – Jalen Rager and Paris Campbell, but I also gave up a second round pick for Michael Thomas, thinking that he would help me last year in Dynasty League, and that failed me too. But if I get burnt by him, it'll be this year. So we'll I'll be able to uh, find out now. Right. Yeah, this would be a lot easier question for me if we we're talking about fantasy baseball, because there are guys that yeah. like they're really good now, but I just have a vendetta because I was so sick of having them on my team. I just don't <laughs> ever draft them. Uh, but I would have to probably say it's not a guy that I had, but I had drafted um, last year in Dynasty, and now hopefully it, hopefully it turns around, which this guy will probably turn into that guy, but that would be Saquon Barkley. Uh, I drafted him last year in Dynasty in the first round. He did not play very much for me last year, and when he did, it was very, very poor. 
I'm hoping that turns around this year. And if he doesn't, then he will 100% be that guy that burned me in the past that I want to stay away from. Yeah. So the guy that asked this question probably asked this question just so I'd go on a rant because he knows who I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say. Well, do you, who do you think I'm going to say? I, I think it, I think just based off of our conversation before, I thought you were going to say Lamar Jackson. McCaffrey. Well, that, that Lamar Jackson, yes, has been a guy the past two seasons that I've paid a premium price to get based on his potential and has just kind of sucked for me. Um, but I'm going in a dynasty look with this. So the two, I, I actually have three guys, but there's two guys in particular that have hurt my ass big time. One, Darius Geis. Darius Geis is a guy coming out of college from LSU that I, I was pounding the table saying he was better than Saquon Barkley. Draft Darius Geis number one overall. Don't draft Saquon Barkley. Get Geis. Well, how the heck did that work out for me? <laughs> you want to know what I traded? Okay. Patrick Mahomes was coming off his rookie year. He hadn't done any. No, you didn't. Well, no. I shouldn't say this. This was the second year of Patrick Mahomes. He just came off his first year. So I already had a good quarterback at this time, and I traded Patrick Mahomes for Darius Geis straight up. Darius Geis never started a damn game for me. I Did just cut him. I don't. He, he deserves to go in fantasy football prison. Let's just say that. And then we should get him on here. I think we should, should get him on podcast. here. I, I would yeah. love to have a conversation with him and this next guy <laughs> I would talk about. The next guy I would talk about is a guy that I've held his hand for a long time in hopes that he would come back and lay off the weed, but he just could never get off suspension. Ooh, ooh. And that is freaking Josh Gordon. Oh, yeah. I married myself, I... Josh Gordon, in every fantasy football league, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty i own that guy for so many years locked up a roster spot cut rookies that i probably should have kept just because i thought oh he's clean he he went to he got help he's clean and the next thing i know here's goodell posted a statement saying josh gordon is out for another year of the football season because he smoked a pound of weed again so Yes, those two guys, I absolutely cannot stand. They get my blood boiling. Corey Davis is another one that I swore when he came out of college, he's the next big thing. And I married myself to him. And well, if we're learning anything here, it's don't listen to advice from Derek because apparently he fails on a lot of guys. Yes, I have failed on some guys. I've also hit on Eric and I had a hard time with this question because we just. (laughs) We just do like just get good guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of times, I just I would take the same team I had last year. <laughs> well, that's it for episode four. Next week's episode will be focused for the upcoming Mega Bowl draft, which is next Tuesday, August thirtieth. Thank you to all that have listened and provided feedback. Uh, it was actually kind of cool. I was at the fair, like I talked about over the weekend, and there were probably four or five guys that came up to me that I didn't even know listened to the podcast that said, Hey, I love the podcast. Can't wait for the next episode. You know, you should talk about this and that blah, blah, blah. I absolutely love it. Keep giving your feedback. 
please send your listener mailbag questions to us from Eric, Jake, and I. Have a great week. As a wise man once said, bird to your mother. See ya. You are now listening to the Derek's Megabowl Podcast. You were doing something, you'd be in a bad mood too. It's my quarterback. You play to win the game. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me?